The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Gaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. And a good Tuesday afternoon to you. Brenton Dreger sitting in Andrew and Jalen's uh, chair once again today as they uh, enjoy their sunny vacation with 630 Ched listeners in Mexico in the Cancun area. So they're having a lot of fun this week. Was uh, tw- uh, Twitter creeping them a little bit earlier today, and it looks like they are indeed having uh, a good time. Uh, good to be with you again this afternoon. Looking forward to what we have uh, in store. Obviously a bit of an abbreviated show today because the uh, Oilers are playing tonight hosting the Buffalo Sabres, and the face-off show starts at 5.30. So I will be with you until then, and then, of course, the puck drops at 7. Uh, pretty excited uh, about the uh, entire show in general, but especially the next hour, because we have in studio uh, three guests who are uh, extremely busy this time of year. You know, some people head south uh, for the winter and like to relax and head to warmer temperatures, but th- but winter is when these folks ramp up, and that's because they are the, uh, the winter festival and attraction uh, uh, planners and producers here in Edmonton. We have Christian Denis, who is the lead artisan and site manager for Ice Castles. We have Aaron DeLoretto, executive producer from the Silver Skate Festival, and Wanda Bourne, who's way too busy to carve out an hour <laughs> to talk to you about her festival, but she is the uh, producer of Ice on White, which starts... Uh, Thursday. Thursday morning. And technically, like you, you said, you even have an artist's uh, uh, orientation tomorrow night. Tonight. To- and oh, the tonight. Competition starts tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. Okay, so uh, you, what you're putting in fourteen-hour days this week? Those are my short days. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's my day off. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So uh, what I wanted to, uh, the reason I brought you in is I just thought, you know what? It's it's the middle of winter. And uh, I guess, you know, the weather's not too bad right now, but sometimes we get a little uh, little whiny about the long, cold, dark winter, and you are the folks who brighten up the city this time of year. So what goes into making a good winter attraction or winter festival? So that's what I thought we could chat a bit about today. To do that, why don't we kind of go down the line and get a bit of a, a personal introduction, uh, who you are and what your event is. Let's start with you, Erin. Okay, uh, I'm Erin DeLoretto. I'm the executive producer of the Silver Skate Festival. We, in 2018, we'll be celebrating uh, 28 years. We're a blend of arts, culture, and recreation, sp- recreation and sporting programming in Horlock. Okay. Wanda? My name's Wanda Bourne. I'm the producer of the Boardwalk Ice on White Festival, and uh, we're really shaking things up this year, and we're focusing on our international ice carving competition because we're one of only three competitions in Canada. So we're focusing on that, and we've got an ice bar going on this year, and, of course, we have all of our children's programming, the little chippers and big chipper ice carving lessons, and a whole bunch of stuff happening all through the community of Old Strathcona. Okay. My name is Christian Denis. I'm the lead artist and site manager for Ice Castles. So yeah, we build that giant fortress of <laughs> uh, what looks like frozen waterfalls that kind of explode everywhere, and uh, within it, we create all kinds of different features for everyone to interact and play with, play in. So it kind of brings out your inner child and 
and kind of get lost in uh, a frozen wonderland for a while. And this is the third year for Ice Castles in Edmonton and your third year as well? That's right. You've been involved all three years. Okay, well maybe uh, we can kind of go festival or attraction by, I'm gonna, I'll just say festival by festival. I know the Ice Castles isn't so much a festival as it is a big attraction here in the city in the winter, but let's go, you know, event by event and uh, get a few more details before we talk about, you know, in general, Edmonton as, as a winter city. So Wanda, you're saying, you know, uh, the festival starts Thursday. Uh, what do you mean when you say you're really focusing on the international ice carving portion this year? So uh, as, the, as we are one of only three international ice carving competitions in Canada, we have created a three weekend consecutive circuit in the country. So the circuit starts off in Lake Louise and the artists come from all over the world. They compete there. They hosted the Canada Cup of ice carving in Lake Louise this year. And then the following weekend is Boardwalk Ice on White International Competition. And then the weekend after that is uh, the Winterlude Competition. Where's that? Ottawa. Ottawa, okay. So we, we intentionally now run our competition three consecutive weekends. And the biggest reason to do that is so that you can draw that really high caliber of artists from around the world. And it's, it's, a, very, it's a very good incentive for the artists to come because we all chip in a little bit to help them with their travel, their accommodations, their meals, and then there's prize money for all of them. And uh, so then it's it's more of a, an opportunity for them to come to get their expenses paid and get more exposure across the country. And in 2017, we launched the Canada Cup of Ice Carving. It's something that our collective group has created. So the winners of the prior year of all three different competitions then get a guaranteed berth at the following year's Canada Cup of Ice Carving. And then you could be one of those three teams or you could be one of all the other teams to win the Canada Cup of Ice Carving. Oh, so you talk about like World Cup track of field, oh, track of field, like it's, it's like that. It's like that. Okay. And an Albertan oh. was one of the winners of the Canada Cup really? of Ice Carving last weekend in Lake Louise. Who's that? His name is Scott Harrison and he's going to be carving with Steve Buzak who's also a professional ice carver and an executive chef at the Royal Ganora huh. here in Edmonton. So they're going to be carving together. So Scott's from Calgary, Steve's from Edmonton, oh. Scott won the Canada Cup, <laughs> so this is little, you know. Oh. Okay, yeah, people are buying their tickets as we speak, I, oh, I can hear it. Oh, for sure. Um, now, I did look at some of the information about this year's ice carving competition, and I saw, you know, you've got competitors from the Netherlands and so on. I'm like, okay, respect, they're probably good. But there's a team from Mexico. Are we sure they know how to carve ice down there? <laughs> Julio is an amazing oh, okay. character. <laughs> yeah, I just got a text message from him. Uh, I think I'm coming in via Vancouver now. I lost my luggage. and <laughs> These are challenges you deal with with international travelers. But Julio is carving with a gentleman from, from Quebec City. Oh, okay. And so that's the Canada-Mexico team. And then we have two teams from the Republic of Saha in Russia, and they're professional uh, artists. And they carve woolly mammoth tusks, tusks, they carve stone, they carve ice, they carve snow. And uh, one of our returning Russians, his, he's actually everybody's pet. His name is Fyodor Markov, and he couldn't come last year because he was unwell. And he's coming back. I haven't seen him yet. I see him tonight at dinner. So everybody's just hmm. uh, very excited to have them come. And also a team from Poland and France, and they won the Canada Cup in 2017. Okay. Now, obviously, ice carving is a pretty significant uh, part of the Ice on White Festival, uh, but food and beverages get pretty uh, yeah. significant 
prominence here too. Yeah. So our, our focus for other than the international ice carvers, the rest of our focus is really local, 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 local businesses in Old Strathcona. We're working with four different local brewers and distillers. So Situation Brewing, Strathcona Spirits, uh, Rig Hand, and Hanson Distillers. Mm. We have an ice bar for the very first time. Oh man. And it's awesome and uh, so all of those local beverages will be featured and then you can get your hot chocolate for example uh, from Meat Street Pies the food vendor that's right beside the ice bar get in the ice bar buy a double double so mm -hmm. good yeah we're really I, excited I'm about a that. big fan of craft beer so you and I will have to follow up on that conversation Absolutely. a little bit later on and also uh, nearby businesses are really getting involved in the the festival too yes that was the biggest reason for us to move back to White Avenue and we're so happy to be there and for example uh, we're not presenting the live music on our site Blues on White's presenting the live music mm. they're like right across the road the paint spots doing painting parties where you can conversation, wine, learn to paint, that kind of stuff. And all of those tickets you can buy right on our website. And so it's it's all all different activities like that. You can go to an escape room or you can go to Situation Brewing for a tour, go to Chianti's for dinner, all that kind of stuff. All get people actually completing their old Strathcona experience when they come to the festival. Now when you say come back to White Avenue, did you move away, or are you just referring to being at End of Steel Park? We were at End of Steel okay. Park. So you're just, just a little bit north of White. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, okay. But now we're right on White Ave. Right. Corner of Gateway and uh, White Ave. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's get a bit of a rundown then of uh, what's happening with Ice Castles so far. Um, Christians, this is your third year making the Ice Castles, third year in Edmonton. Um, I don't know. How are they doing so far? Are they, are they growing in popularity? Is it kind of the, the same steady... Crowds no, every year. Absolutely, it's it, it's huge, and it's it's it, it's hard to keep up. Even like hmm. the imagination. I mean, the ideas and what we can do um, with, with with something that was so big in scale. I mean, and so um, it, yeah, it's it's gaining popularity. Unfortunately, here in Edmonton, I mean, it's more than on trend. It's palpable for w where winter city, you know, embracing a loving winter and all that. And so you're really feeling that happen. People are are, are really excited to see it happen. So you, you make an ice castle every year. How do you change it up? I mean, what's new this year? Um, this year, we decided to come to a different location within Horlack Park. We mm. were right, right up against the pond this year, so the, it looks spectacular up against people going off for a skate in the pond. It'll interact really, really well with Silver Skate, uh, skate Festival, and it's so nice and tight and close, but also within the castle as, as well. Instead of being uh, so spread out as we did last year, where we tightened it up a little bit, so it's, it's less of a footprint. However, it was, it's a lot more compact. A ton more uh, is happening within it. We got a lot more archways and dome rooms and all kinds of uh, um, features within it that, that that people can inter interact with. So there's a water fountain and you know, of course the, the thrones and uh, a wood burning fireplace and of course the slides. The slides are always a favorite as well. <laughs> now I imagine like right now this minus two to minus ten weather is probably right in the sweet spot where obviously the ice stays frozen and it's warm enough that people want to come but December was like this wacky up and down month uh, that set you guys back a little bit it, it sure did I mean we had like a record-breaking heat wave that stretched for both the uh, length and, and highs I mean and so uh, but but we had the saving grace in the end I mean the fact we're up against the pond and so low in the valley at night it still froze and so um, and then having this constant freeze thaw freeze thaw gave us some absolutely beautiful formations that took place that 
it that that that, that just started coming about I had, I, totally unexpectedly. And, hmm. it, and then uh, suddenly we were hit by a, a really deep freeze, um, and then the growth just happened exponentially from those formations. And so is so some some form, yeah some some beauty and some magic that uh, has never been seen here in Edmonton compared to the last couple of years. Hmm. Cool. Um, how many visitors do you usually get? Do you know any of what your annual numbers are? Well, I, the, uh, this, let's see here. Approximately, I think I know the first year we, we were well over 200,000 people that came over. Um, uh, the second year, we were a little bit uh, underneath 200,000, but it, it's uh, the specific numbers I, I don't recall. Okay. Um, but a lot of people. And, and unfortunately, and, and for that reason, I mean, because we're selling out on, on so many nights, I always recommend to, uh, um, even though tickets are available at the gate, you, it's recommended to go online in advance and, and, and get your tickets uh, online like you can book your a specific time spot and you'll, you won't be disappointed if when you come to the gate now this is obviously really weather dependent but how long do you hope that you can keep it open and maybe I guess what's the precedent the last few years um, well the last two years we did end up closing earlier than thought I mean mm. we, we hit some um, heat waves in the end of February and we want to end with it still looking magnificent you know so we just uh, took it upon that uh, all right mother nature is telling us it's time to go so that's always going to be the the model whenever mother nature tells us it's time to go you know but of course ideally I'd love to go well into March um, now, you're, you're one of the people in charge, obviously, of putting together this magnificent ice castle. After you close it and you say, okay, nobody else is going to buy tickets to come in here, do you get to go in like with a sledgehammer and a chainsaw, or like I mean that that must be kind of fun. Every day, that's that's oh. my, that's nobody even like like in demo like oh oh, oh take that, it apart. There's there's also that because we are constantly <laughs> even removing it, so oh. it's like we're we're just a bunch of big kids playing. So the only difference is we do get the chainsaws and sledgehammers and picks and all all that fun stuff, you know. Huh. So yeah, it is it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, two eighteen. We need to take a quick break. We'll come back with our winter festival panel in a bit and learn a bit more about. Silver Skate Festival, and then also want to ask our uh, panel of experts here, you know, is Edmonton really a winter city? Are we there yet? And what does that even mean? So we'll come back with that here on 630 Ched. On the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News, we're chatting with our uh, Winter Festival uh, producers here in Edmonton. We have Christian Denis from Ice Castles, Aaron DeLoretto from Silver Skate Festival, and Wanda Bourne from Ice on White. Uh, Aaron wanted to kind of drill down a little bit on what the uh, Silver Skate Festival is all about. I think some people, I think people in Edmonton will know the name, as you mentioned, been around for 28 years, I think you said. Um, but what's this festival all about? At first glance, it looks like this is the active festival. Yeah, um, we try to offer a little bit of everything. So like I said in our the opening, we're a blend of arts, culture, recreation, and sport. We have some registered race events. We do a fat bike festival. We do a dead cold run. And then we have our historical events that started with the Silver Skate, the Edmonton Winter Triathlon, and our, our Northgate speed skating races as well as a Cordoban race, some snowshoe races, and uh, some fun skate races. I wanted to ask you this, and maybe the rest of you actually could weigh in on this as well, is when you're planning you know, a winter attraction or a winter festival, um, and you, you talked about how Silver Skate you know, covers a broad range of things. Uh, how do you strike that balance between um, narrowing your focus without pigeonholing yourself and keeping it broad enough that people are interesting without you know, trying to be all things to all people and, and the shotgun approach not working. How do you find that balance? 
I think we're always constantly looking and working on balancing and finding new and innovative programming. Um, it's, you know, it's about building community and what our audience wants. Uh, I'm in terms of what we do at Silverskate, we've got a broad base because we've got all these community partners and invested people that want to bring these pieces to the festival. So that's, you know, when we do our programming, we focus on volunteers and programmers and the community partners that are focused on winter and want to be part of winter and they want to showcase that and we work with them to do that. So yours is pretty open-ended that way. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, and we've, we, you know, we have our strategic vision that we work with at the board level and where we want to go, but our biggest piece is being sustainable and making sure our audience is entertained. And our approach is, is a little bit different. Um, we went through some strategic planning this past, win past year with our board of directors and our production team. And um, we found that at our 15th year that we really needed to sit down and go, what do visitors say they come for? And the very top thing on our visitor surveys is they come to see the ice carvings mm. because that's something to have that level of professional talent in our city is, it's a gift to Edmonton. I mean, one of three cities in the country, right? And so that's what visitors come to see. So what can we do for visitors, families, grown-ups, we're on White Ave, what's that demographic look like? And, and build out an event that's unique to Edmonton and meets the needs of the visitors. What do they really want to see? What do they really want to do? And then also balance that with Old Strathcona as a tourist destination. Balance that mm. with being in a tourist destination. So that makes us a little bit different from a lot of other events in the right, city. Right, that are more community-based, yeah, exactly. kind of like Aaron and was saying. And we're more tourism-focused. Now, Aaron, I noticed with your festival this year, uh, is this a new thing that you're really playing up the Valentine's Day connection here? No, um, that that, nope. That we've that's this is going to be our fourth year of doing our, our cutter sled ride. It's just uh, like I said, we're a free festival. We're by donation festival in Horlack Park, and we're looking at ways to find revenue programming. So we we have a lot of free activities that happen with our rec programming and our heritage village and whatnot. But we're just looking at uh, offering different experiences for people that will come to visit us. Well, tell so tell us a bit about the Valentine's Day package so a cutter sled experience so we uh, work with diamond bee ranch who have these beautiful horses and a beautiful cutter sled and uh, if you go online you can sign up for a 15-minute cutter sled experience and if you want you get a deal to go in to see the ice castle mm -hmm. and we've got a little chocolatier so if you just want to add a little something to your valentine's day or the weekend before or during the festival you can sign up and come down and take a cutter sled ride hmm. Very cool. Uh, what is the Red Bull Crashed Ice Obstacle Course? So this year, as we're all aware, Red Bull is coming back yeah. to um, to Edmonton in March, and we're working with Edmonton Tourism and the Red Bull Crashed Ice team, and they are going to set up an obstacle course on two days of the festival, and uh, let uh, uh, I think it's people. Uh, adults over the age of 16 or individuals over the age of 16 sign a waiver and they can try the obstacle course that they're setting up on site. Is it, a, is it with skates on or is it? Yep. It, really? Yep. It's on the ice that we're going to take part of the Oof. bay of Horlack. Uh, the pond part of the bay is going to be cut off and uh, for them to facilitate that activity. That sounds really fun. Although that, that waiver sounds pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. That's, uh, it's that's still on being Red Bull. Bedded, still being vetted by the lawyers. Yeah, that's on Red Bull. <laughs> pages long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it sounds like a ton of fun. Because, I mean, I've probably, like a lot of people, I've looked at the Red Bull... I mean, you look at the Red Bull Crashed Ice event, and part of you thinks, oh, I could do that, which 
let's be honest, no. Uh, and, and the other part is like, well, how fun would that be also, and how hurt would I be after the first corner? Um, I wanted to get into this a little bit, and, and if you're listening and you'd like to weigh in on this as well, you can text us 630-630 with uh, you know, what your favorite winter event or winter festival is here in Edmonton, and, and what does it mean to be a winter city? That's kind of what I wanted to get to with you. We have uh, just one minute here before we got a break for the news, but we'll get into that a bit more throughout the, uh, the afternoon here. Um, so there's a lot of talk about Edmonton's winter, winter city, winter city strategy, that kind of a thing. What does that mean? And is, is it actually hitting the ground? Is it actually changing things here? I think that it's definitely helped raise awareness to what we're doing as festival producers hmm. and executive producers, and it's given us a leg up in terms of exposure to the events that... Uh, There's an that, overall change in attitude in the whole city, yeah, too. Yeah, and the I mean, overall, every, I think everybody's really starting to realize that this is actually really fun. You know, so getting out, I mean, I think, it, like I said earlier, it is palpable. You're starting to see a lot more people biking to work or, you know, mm. taking that uh, that ice trail or, you know, taking, going cross-country skiing, anything. Um, but, yeah, just the cafes, you know, going outdoor patios, you, you're starting to see um, an actual... Okay, realization that it's a winter city, and uh, let's make the best of this, and it's happening. 229, we need to break for the news, but we got a lot more that we can cover on this topic here uh, in just a moment here on 630 Chad. Andrew Gross, breaking news with Eileen Bell, and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 34 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger sitting in for Andrew and Jay Lynn as they enjoy the uh, Mexican sun. We are embracing winter up here because we have three guests who are very involved in making winter fun in Edmonton. Uh, Christian Denis from uh, Ice Castles, Aaron DeLoretto from the Silver Skate Festival, and Wanda Bourne with uh, Ice on White. Just before the break, we got into this a little bit, and so I want to uh, kind of pick up where we left off. The idea of Edmonton being a, a winter city. So, um, some of your festivals have been around, you know, 15, almost 30 years. Ice Castles is still relatively new, and it's third year now um is edmonton a winter city already are we just telling ourselves we're uh, a winter city christian i thought maybe we could start with you on that one because uh ice castles you know is is fairly new on the scene here and the the, the people who started it are from utah and edmonton being the first canadian city so and, and you're a native Edmontonian, so yes. what was that interaction like with the founders from Utah coming up here, you know, you being the artist who puts it together in your native Edmonton, uh, were they surprised at what Edmonton was like? What was that encounter like? Um, surprised, yeah, to some degree maybe. They were just super excited to have the opportunity to create something like that in the, in, in the, condition, the weather conditions that we have. Um, and I think in Edmonton, we've always been a winter city. I think a lot of us just didn't even realize it. And you think even myself, as much as I loved it, didn't realize how awesome that really is. You know, so I think that there's kind of a, an epiphany kind of happening, mm. a collective epiphany. So you think, you know, I don't know, there's just, it's always been there. But I think it's just really, we're starting to clue in. Hmm. What do you think? Did the what what comes first, chicken or egg? Uh, you you were a winter city, and then you realized that when you named it, or you know naming make you know naming and developing a strategy helps you become a winter city. I think it's just changing how we think. I mean, we you know rather than complain about how cold it is and all that kind of stuff, hmm. um, it's just it's cold out. Good. 
Let's go outside and play. <laughs> when we were kids, mom would kick us out of the house and say, lock the door and say, come back later. You're bothering me. <laughs> yeah. It didn't matter. And I grew up in Manitoba, so uh, uh. it's winter when it when it out there. And um, so to me, moving here, it was actually reprogramming my brain to say, well, this is a different kind of winter because growing up, it got cold, it stayed cold. No such thing as a Chinook or plus temperatures and anything like that. So it's very different here. We get so much less snow. It's very dry. And, but to me, it's a much milder winter to live in. So yes, we are a winter city. We're a winter province. And it's just changing how we think, changing how we speak. You know, take advantage of the bright, bright, sunshiny skies we get in the wintertime and enjoy them and go outside and just relish in this happiness that comes from the sun uh, living in cent- or going and visiting in central British Columbia it's overcast for almost the whole entire winter mm. that would make me sad you know the sunshine is happy go outside play go see what's happening and explore the city and and just change how you think hmm. oh <laughs> I, you know, so good. I, was, I was just thinking about like what we said like changing the mindset and uh whatnot but like edmonton's always celebrated winter like you know i was just going through some historical information and i found stuff about the muckluck mardi mm-hmm. you know we did you know and and what like some of the old business clubs did downtown and some of the activities and it's pretty incredible and i think i just I, sometimes i think it's a little bit cyclical too right like it's like oh let's 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 just get miserable about winter and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. they want to put a hate on for it and like let's be realistic here we're in Edmonton Alberta yeah we have two seasons road construction and winter mm-hmm. and uh, we need to celebrate the winter I think it's it also the because we're not having a road construction festival no <laughs> well, that'd be interesting though no. No. I think it's also happening internationally it's starting to get recognized as well yes oh, no. you know, so that's it's more nationally and internationally so now of course we may have had this, this these cycles and but, but other people are also taking note you know, so I think that's what we're also starting to realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in Edmonton, it was sort of also an evolutionary process because the city got engaged in the 80s and 90s and, and really worked on creating that summer festival experience for people. And winter lagged behind that by 25, 30 years. So by introducing this winter city strategy and concept now, we've got a few years to catch up with that. But I think we we're running down the road really really well collectively with all the events we have going on and it's it's catching up to our summer festival so it is festival city but now it's evolving to be more year-round and that's really really nice to see hmm. what distinguishes i mean christian you kind of brought up the the international reputation uh, what distinguishes Edmonton from other Canadian cities that you could also call winter cities? I mean, Winnipeg, obviously, because we love to kind of look down our noses at how much colder it is there. Um, or even Calgary or Ottawa. I mean, they're hosting a, a Canada, or a, you know, they're hosting one of these ice carving competitions as well. So what is it that sets Edmonton apart? The type of community we have. I think there's the people that we have in the city that are. We got we got a bunch of wacky, crazy people that live here. I mean, I, I think that's a good thing. We get, oh, you know? I know what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's that too, but I think it's how serious. Not only are we talking about our events and our festivals, and you talked about Winterland, we're talking about events here, but the city's going into design, and we're talking about how to build better out design so that people can enjoy the outdoors better, right? Like we're taking it to the step of of the infrastructure of how we put the city together or new construction to ensure that there's bright spaces and that we're not creating those wind tunnels and just you know yeah. giving the opportunity for people to step outside and 
these high level conversations and everybody's talking to each other to try to create optimum winter experiences, right? Hmm. I mean, boys, I had a very strong arts community too. And I think it's, it's just, a, yeah, you involve a lot of people in their community that are of that mindset. I think it just kind of naturally just creates itself. Mm-hmm. This design element you're talking about, Erin, has that... Well, it's part of the winter strategy. So there's a bunch of yeah. pillars to the Edmund City of Edmonton's winter strategy and design and how we like see the design and how we design it. Our architecture is really prevalent, to, and I think, like, I'm not the best person to speak of it, but it's incredible to see. Like, when we are on site, like, we do, we we know, like, hey, we want everything to be north-facing because we don't want it to melt. Like, mm-hmm. the sun, if we face mm-hmm. everything, we're, you know, there's certain design elements, but when it comes to building constructions in that downtown core, there's nothing worse than the wind tunnels and the whipping of, you know. And, and being in the shade all and winter. And being yeah. in the shade and, you know, and taking that into that phase of building to creating, you know, being able to embrace winter, get more people outside to enjoy because we've created design to highlight what's and it's friendly and it's friendly and then you know we and then we bring in the crazies and mm-hmm. the weirdos <laughs> and us artist friends and uh and we decide to build burn fires and yeah. create fire sculptures at silver skate or create international snow sculpture symposiums and different activities mm-hmm. to showcase the talent that we have hmm. text to 630 630 says i find that people that claim to hate the cold have never been outside much they, I guess they, they weren't the people whose mom kicked them out when they were being annoying in the house. Obviously not. <laughs> Need more moms like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the cold doesn't hurt. I mean, no. it really doesn't. I mean, you feel cold and allow yourself to feel cold. And it's actually, it's Dress not that for bad. It. You can, okay, you feel it and you can be aware about it. All right. But and you, exactly. Dress for it. And Get some long johns. Move on and, and move along and you think you'll be all right. Hmm. You know, just, yeah, you're right. Try it. Hey, bread bags and the boots to stay out longer so our feet didn't get wet. We did everything. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. Really? Milk bags or bread no. bags in the winter boots when yeah. we were kids? Just anything oh. to stay out longer to keep our feet dry. I was yeah. thinking when my, my dad had a lumber yard when I was a kid, and so we would go to play street hockey, and he would have those little carpet samples, and they were like just a little bit bigger than an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper, and you'd strap those over top of your boots, and those were my homemade shin pads for uh, street hockey. You know, <laughs> Excellent. Did, didn't keep me little warm. Duct but, tape. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. No, it was uh, rubber sealer bands from mason jars. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Like we did everything to make it work and have yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, 2.43. We've got to take a break. Uh, you can weigh in on this as well. 6.30, 6.30. Is Edmonton really a winter city? What does it take to make a winter city? And also, if you want to weigh in on, on uh, you know, what is your favorite Edmonton winter festival or your favorite thing to do outdoors uh, in the winter? We'll continue that conversation in a moment here on Ched. on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News, chuckling a little bit because Wanda Bourne and I basically just played, found out we're not related, but we know the same people in rural Manitoba. It's very bizarre. (laughs) I guess with a last name like Bourne and a last name like Dreger, there's, you can't swing a dead cat in southern Manitoba without hitting Mennonites, and so those those names are everywhere. Uh, Anyway, we're talking about winter festivals in Edmonton, and uh, what does it mean to be a, a winter city? Uh, let me see if we got some good ones on the... Uh, okay, te- okay. favorites here. This person says favorites are speed skating and horseback riding. Favorite outdoor winter activities. Oh, wow. Those, those are kind of classic. Yeah. Kind of yeah. classic. Um, 
We talked a bit about what distinguishes Edmonton from uh, other Canadian cities. I guess I'm a bit curious, and I think probably can get a good perspective from each of you based on what you are working on here in the city. I should mention that our guests are Christian Denis from Ice Castles, Wanda Bourne from Ice on White, and Aaron Diloretto from Silver Skate. Um, is how much of your programming is geared toward Edmonton people, you know, community programming for people here, and how much of it is uh, attracting people from out of town, visitors? Our out of, um, out of Greater Edmonton visitorship is anywhere around 30%, so we do get a very large draw oh. from the rest of the province as well as our neighbouring provinces. And we even get some international visitors because it is such a rare thing that our international ice carving competition, it's quite rare. So we get people driving up from Lethbridge and Medicine Hat and staying for the weekend. And so we, we think in those terms and it does make a difference because we're in this tourist destination of Old Strathcona. So hmm. it's a little bit different for us. Right. Um, we, uh, we are, our demographic, 23% of our audience comes from out of town to visit the festival. We, and we have a lot of international visitors from Holland and whatnot with the speed skating and some of our skating hmm. events. And uh, our programming, uh, we showcase, like we've done some surveying and some strategic planning and we, we bring a variety of programming that encourages winter activities and tourists coming to town want to experience Edmonton and Winter City and they come down to the festival and we're able to offer them a variety of different activities. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we're reaching out, well, everywhere. Ice Castles only has six sites in the, in, in the, in the world, so it's attracting people from everywhere. I mean, the Edmontonians are definitely the heart, uh, but if, uh, there's, there's people from everywhere coming. Mm. Uh, uh, we actually just have Christy Morin from the Deep Freeze uh, Festival on the line. She's just called in, so let's uh, let's bring in Christy. Thanks for calling, Christy. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, now, your festival just wrapped up uh, a week ago, um, and y as far as uh, your festival here, I mean, you're what is this? Eleven years of Deep Freeze. I'm just kind of going off memory here, but is it eleven years? It's exactly right. We've been around for eleven years. So we we started before winters cities became named as Edmonton as a named winter cities and uh, it was really a community event that now has grown into a city event and, and now it's getting exposure nationally so it's it's been really great being part of the team of winter of winter festival uh, we were talking a bit about this earlier and would love to get your uh, input on this too um the idea of Edmonton being a winter festival uh what do you think comes first? Is it It's kind of a chicken and egg thing, right? I mean, were we a winter city already before, and then we only kind of realized that once we started throwing the, the name and the brand on it, or does naming it give us something to strive for and actually, you know, grow into our own as a winter city? I think the winter city's brand tells a story of who Edmonton is. I mean, for of course, we've always been a winter city since our existence. And I think being able to give it a brand and be able to create a series of events and activities that embrace winter uh, just helps tell the story better and stronger. So as far as, you know, which came first, most certainly we've always been a winter city. And so many of us have embraced it and gone skating and snowshoeing and watched the starry skies and the dark nights. But I think uh, being able to actually have a series and uh, a, you know a story to tell really strengthens who we are. Now, obviously, it, it's cold in the winter, and we love to complain about it being cold in the winter. The people, I mean, your festival is not struggling for attendance. You keep seems like you're setting you know records year after year. Um, do you think you're convincing people who don't like the cold to get outside, or are you just uh, you know convincing the converted to come out to your festival? 
I think a little bit of both, I would say, Britain. Uh, you know, <laughs> being able to have uh, people realize that there's stuff to do in winter, especially when it's really economically, uh, you know, viable. So with us, it's a free festival. Several of my colleagues that are on are free festivals, as well as, you know, some are, are paid entrances. But I think it's making it really accessible. And then, you know, those that are already the converted, they're out skiing and skating and all that kind of stuff. But it's creating that um, magnet, right, of things that you can come out and look at the beautiful snow sculpture when they're lit at night. They're gorgeous. You know, how can you not want to go out with a cup of hot cocoa and take a look at that stuff? So I think it's trying to get those that, you know, not the ones that will never go outside in winter, but getting those that are sort of on the fence back into the game and uh, seeing that, you know, when, when we were kids, we bundled up and we went outside. So what's wrong with us in our 40s that we're sitting hmm. indoors and just will only grab a hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, Christy, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot for listening and for calling in and uh, hope you keep listening while we can continue on with the rest I of sure, our panel here. I sure will. Thanks for having us on. All right, there. That's Christy Morin from the uh, Deep Freeze Festival. Let's turn it back to uh, our in-studio guest here. Um, maybe I'll kind of throw the same question at, at you. How, like, how hard is it to get people to, to come out to an outdoor festival or attraction? Or is there a small minority, or maybe, maybe it's a lot of people, I don't know, who are just into outdoor stuff and they'll do anything? Or are we starting to turn the tide and bring more and more people outside? What I really am, am sometimes astonished by, but absolutely thrilled by, is our percentage of new Canadians. Yeah. Oh. The newcomers, is incredible. Oh, it's amazing. And you know what? They know how to dress for winter. <laughs> they know about long johns. They know about socks. They know about winter boots. You know, people who live here, we've had people show up in ballet slippers and stilettos. Oh and the new Canadians, it's just the joy in their faces. And they're a bit, you know, the Russian community will come out just to visit with the Russian artists. And the, the Philippine community comes out just to visit with the Bias Brothers. And there's such an international connection but it makes the new canadians feel really welcome on our site and they're just thrilled about hmm. winter they just think it's a it's such a new experience for them and hmm. they're, they're joyful yeah i've experienced that as well i've been definitely seen a lot of new canadians coming through um so yeah it's great to see mm -hmm. embracing our culture yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and probably they they read the book on what you should wear in winter and actually listen to it unlike people, you know, who just can't seem to wear more than a hoodie. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. I wanted to get your take on this. I mean, some of you have been involved in winter programming in Edmonton for a long time. Um, what what do you find consistently works? Like people, you know, year after year, this attraction, this event, whatever, it works. People love it and they'll they'll embrace it every year. And maybe if you're willing to share a, a flop or two, something that we tried this one year and people just will not go for it here in Edmonton. Anything come to mind? I I think that the biggest success is that there's got to be a little bit of activity, like mm -hmm. stationary, like keeping people stationary, like everything that we do, people, there's movement and people are moving around, like an expectation that someone's going to come down and stand for even half an hour at minus five to for is just not something that's conducive in winter like we can have with the folk fests and the music mm. of the summer mm. festivals, that's very right? True. Yep. You know, the more interactive, the better. more interactive, yeah. and there's some like passive activity for everybody. You know, just and yeah. that's that's the key to the winter festival successes and winter yep. programming successes. I think, and hot chocolate. And hot chocolate, yes. We how, cannot how, forget the hot chocolate. How do you find that with ice on white? Because, I mean, part of looking at ice carvings is a slow walk or a stand. How do you, how do you figure in activity? I mean, you do have the ice bar. That's, a, that's not a bad place <laughs> to park. Your, you you can park yourself there for a while. Yeah, you could. Um, 
For example, when you're touring the ice carvings, there's there's artist interpreters there talking to you about how it's done, and you get a little bit of an inspiration, and then you go into the 40-foot igloo, and you go, hey, I can try this too. And it could be little people. We have a little chipper program. We have a big chipper program now in the evenings and great for date nights. And you can actually feel and touch it and, and try it and get a nice little chisel in your hand and trace a template and and create something that you can take home with you with you hmm. uh, anybody want to share a flop something that hasn't worked or that, that just will never take off in Edmonton no you know what I think what one of the things is all of us as programmers is like like sure we haven't there's been some unsuccessful events but I think that we work towards creating making successes out of and them usually and it's realizing Mother Nature what that works gives right? us those, th- those yeah. balls. and when I know. Christian. It, and, and so if, if it's considered a flop it's strictly because you know, all of a sudden we get a heat wave mm-hmm. or, uh, or a deep freeze that it's something that can impact the, the, the programming mm-hmm. I think that's the closest to a flop yeah. that you can consider yeah. Yeah. And we're sort of pioneers in some ways in some of the stuff we do and we evolve in terms of, okay, like, hey, I remember like 10 years ago asking, you want to come and perform in front of my snow screen with your guitar? And I've got an acoustic guitar <laughs> players like, and I still think to this day, like poor Colleen Brown with her keyboard, like, and it was, you know, like, you know, and Jason Cody, like these guys, like they were troopers. Yep. It's like, and evolving to like, so how can we provide live entertainment mm-hmm. outside in minus 20? Like, how can we create this culture? right yeah. I don't think Trevor Cheers fingers tips have ever been the same but that's what also brings out the stories I mean yeah, sometimes yeah. you get some of these families that still come out uh, even no matter what the weather and, and uh, they'll still be smiling mm-hmm. and so it really brings out some of the, yeah. the laughter in this in the stories and our warmest so. temperature during our competition was plus 12 one year <sighs> and that year we had an ice castle and beautiful crystal clear gorgeous and it creeping up and creeping up and creeping up and the ice ice is an incredible medium and it actually starts warping and moving and the turrets are are spreading apart and the photographers are Hmm. and this is before social media photographers are all there videotaping placing bets on what's (laughs) going to happen and so i had a, a television crew come television gentleman come out and wanted me to be really sad because things were melting Mm. and i said you know edmonton is just the greatest city and okay said you know what in europe takes 600 years for a castle to look like this edmonton four days yeah very good (laughs) all right we got to end it there for time but before we do i just want to make sure everybody's up to speed on on your events so ice castles are now open at horlack park get your tickets online not don't just show up uh silver skate festival february 9th to 19th at horlack park and ice on white new location this year northeast corner of white avenue and gateway boulevard from january 25th to 28th so starts thursday right all right february one to four excellent christian denis aaron deloretto wanda born thanks for coming in thank you Been a lot of fun thank you. all right we're off to the news the 6 30 chad afternoon news with jaylen nye and andrew gross weekdays at two on 6 30 chad